0: Today we're going to continue our series, which is called The World of Words. Now, as a parent, I don't know how many parents that we've got here, I have been surprised, particularly as a parent of boys, I have been surprised by some of the words that have come out of my mouth. I have never expected to say, get your foot out of the toilet. (laughs) A new one this week is, don't show other people your brother's earwax. I never expected to string those words together. And so life takes you on a bit of a funny journey. So we're talking about words. And what the big thought is that we make worlds with our words. So we create atmospheres, we create environments with our words. And can we get agreement on something that our words are powerful? Who... I think we could probably say our words are powerful. We know that because at some stage I think all of us have been impacted either really positively or sometimes quite tragically by what somebody has said over our life. There is power in our our words. And so our words carry creative power to shape the environments that we live in. And here's the thing, we have a choice in what we're building. We have a choice in our words. We have a choice in what kind of atmosphere, environment. And so for us in the early stages of our church, here's one thing that we need to understand is that the feel, the vibe, the atmosphere, what it is like coming into this place is largely shaped... By the qualities and the quality of our words. So, we in this early stage of this church, we really want to focus on creating great atmospheres of life and of fun and of hope using our words. The other thing that's really important for us as a church, and one thing to understand our church is this picture of the family table where everyone contributes and everyone enjoys and this place of belonging, this place of relationship. Who knows that when you get closer in relationship to somebody, then you have a much higher risk of relational conflict. Who knows that's true? The people that you are closest to, you share the most about yourself And so it's really important because we genuinely want to build strong relationships, but as part of doing that, we need to go on a journey together as a church to make sure that our words are filled with life and health, and that's challenging. I know that for me, that is a challenging thing to do to make sure that my words carry life and faith and hope. So that's a little bit of an intro. Here's my opening thought. My opening thought is this. We want a world of words that suits us. This is my opening thought. So we want to get what we want. We want, in terms of the words that we speak and the words that we hear, we want to create something that usually our default position suits us. I want to create, by my own natural tendency, a world of words that suits Andrew. And we want to control others with our words. What does this mean? It means that sometimes we say, if only people would do what I want, then the world would be a better place. Who's ever thought that? Particularly around the home. If people do what I want, if people like my ideas, then that would be better. We would get more done or we would have more fun. For others, if only people would stop telling me what to do. Who loves to be told what to do? Nobody, nobody here. So we want to build a word that suits us, but here's what we usually do is we also excuse our own damaging words. So have you ever said something out of frustration? Have you ever had a stressful day at work or uh, whether you're studying And then you've kind of walked in the door and you've taken that stress out on other people. Now, for me, that's just theoretical. I've heard other people do that, but I'm a pastor. I would never do that. And sometimes something that has got nothing to do with those that are closest to us, our closest friends or our family, we take it out on them, the frustration. We snap at them because something is going on. Have you ever responded out of insecurity and past hurts that somebody said something that has kind of touched something that's sore and prickly within you? Have you ever been defensive? Have you ever known that you're in the wrong but been unwilling to lose the argument? Again, hypothetical for me, but I've heard that other uh, people that aren't as holy as me have struggled with that. That was a joke if you're new. A funny one, actually. It's super funny. <laughs> but here's, here's the thing. Most often with our words, when it's from our side, we find ways to excuse ourselves. So we're justified. We can say, well, I was just having a bad day or you don't know what I've gone through or you don't know my week or you don't know my past and my history. And what we have a tendency to do is we tend to externalise the problem. So the problem is my circumstance. And so we create this kind of view of things that, oh, if only my circumstances would change, then my words would change. And I think that's true in part, but where it becomes challenging if that if that's what we think the whole thing is about. Our words are just, you know, we're just responding to Our external circumstances. The problem is that it leaves us in a place where we just excuse our bad behavior. We excuse our damaging words and we just do what suits us and justify that. And sometimes we can't, we want to control our words. But we can't. Who knows that our words leak? Have you ever tried to kind of control things and then if you you hang around somebody enough, they'll just kind of spurt out or they'll kind of leak out? It's really interesting. Jesus puts it this way. He says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. He says, actually, you try and kind of control what's actually coming out, but you can't. And the reason that you can't is because your heart is going to find a voice and a place to speak. And so Jesus has a radically different perspective on our words. We think that often it's about our external circumstances or about um, us trying to exercise self-control – But Jesus, as challenging as it is, he says, you don't have a word problem, you have a heart problem. And when Jesus talks about the heart, and when the Bible defines the heart, it talks about our desires, our loves, what we really want. There's a quote uh, from Tim Keller. It says, the direction of the heart controls everything. Our thinking, feeling, decisions and actions, what we most love, we find reasonable, desirable and doable. Whatever we cherish in our hearts most controls the whole person. He says, no wonder Jesus is so concerned about our hearts. So if we want to learn to become followers of Jesus, which as a church I can say that we do, but each individual has got a choice, We've got to recognise that if we really want to make an impact with our words, we're going to have to go a little bit deeper and we're going to have to deal with some of the things that are going on within us, what we really love, what we really want. And if we're real and if we're true, there is some stuff going on within all of us that's a little bit icky There's some desires. There's some things that we want. There's some icky thoughts. If we go a little bit below the surface, there's a little bit of brokenness. There's a little bit of damage. We have some things maybe in our past that we haven't quite resolved. And this is part of what it means to be a follower of Jesus, to actually just Following Jesus is not about behaviour management. It's not about techniques. It's not about positive thinking per se. It's about actually dealing and allowing with the help Jesus through the power of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to actually deal with what is going on deep within. Now, the solution for damaging words is healthy hearts. The solution for damaging words is healthy hearts. And I want to talk very briefly, I don't have a long message today, about the renewal of our hearts. In 2 Chronicles uh, chapter 7, we see this story of the creation of the temple. So if you know a little bit about the Bible, there was a guy by the name of uh, David, King David and he had this uh, relationship this covenant this agreement with God that God was going to um, create this everlasting relationship with David and his sons and so uh, David really wanted to create a, a temple but God said as a place of worship but God said hey you you're a warrior you're a fighter your son is going to do this and so he had a son by the name of Solomon And Solomon built this temple. He built this place to meet with God. He built this place of restoration and renewal. So in the Old Testament, this temple was built as a place where people could deal with their sin, could deal with the ickiness, could deal with the mistakes that they made. And they could come and they could worship God in this place. So there are a couple of things that were going on with this temple. Number one, uh, it was a place to meet with God. Number two, the presence of God was there. We see this in the story. And number three, the voice of God was there. God speaks and we're going to read one of those passages. So in this place of restoration and renewal, this temple It was a place where God dwelt in his presence and he spoke and it was a place of renewal. Now, really interesting and really powerfully, uh, the Apostle Paul says in uh, Corinthians, he says, we are the new temple. Through what Jesus has done, we're the new temple, where within us we can meet with God, within us there is a place for us to deal with the stuff that is going on. And he says the presence of God wants to abide within us. This is what's going on in this place. And also God does speak to us and want to speak to us. So there is this Old Testament picture of this temple, place to meet with God, place to deal with some of the deeper things, the things that are going on, a place where God's presence is, a place where God speaks. And in the New Testament through Jesus, that is within us, not just us as individuals, but us as a community, why we come and worship? When we worship, we experience the presence of God. When we worship, this is a place of healing and renewal, and God speaks to us individually and as a community. So, let me ask you a couple of questions: Do you have a personal vision for your words? Have you ever reflected upon what your words would be? You would like your words to be like? Have you ever thought about that? Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. Do you have an ideal in your mind? When you think about your home and the environment that you have in your home, and maybe you're in a transition, maybe uh, you've got young kids or, or maybe you're in a new relationship, what kind of environment do you have in your home in new words? Have you ever thought about that? What about in your workplace? What kind of words do you want going on? What about what's your vision when things get stressful, when things don't go your way? Do you have a vision for your words and what what you hope to, what you aspire to say? When we talk about your vision for your home and your workplace, are they consistent or do you have a set of vocabulary that is like, here's my Sunday church, here's how I talk on Sunday church, here's how I talk in the home, here's how I talk at the workplace. What's that like? I remember I had a really, um, uh, growing up as a teenager, I had a, I had a real in- encounter with God. And so through my teenage years, God really uh, kept me and I, I had a strong faith. But I do remember one time, for a short time, uh, I changed my vocabulary to try and fit in with friendship and I was talking to a guy that I knew and I used a word that I shouldn't have and I knew it but the thing with this guy is he pulled me up straight away he said Andrew why did you say that word you're a Christian and so I was like whoa that was really like impactful to me but here's my question do you are you do you have a vision Are the words that you speak consistent in different situations and circumstances? Here's a deeper level question. If you consider yourself a follower of Jesus and now that you know that you're actually the new temple of God, what is your vision for your words as a place where God's presence dwells, as a place of renewal? I think that's a deeper question. Does that challenge you? I know it challenges me. One of the things that I love about um, preaching and teaching is that you there is a humility about it and you have to kind of surrender yourself to what God is speaking. And so for me, this week I've done some reflection on some of the things, some of the ways that I've been Speaking and it hasn't matched up with my vision and what God has wanted. Not in terms of um, like having a potty mouth. I'm talking about just, you know, getting a bit stressed, getting a bit frustrated and and allowing that to kind of boil over a little bit. And so what I do want to say is that as a community, we're all journeying together. I have never found a Christian leader or pastor who has ever got this perfect. I've never um, met a person who is totally perfect with their words, but what I'm saying is, let's go on this journey together. But what's your vision? If you want to change your words, we've got to ask ourselves, how could we do that? But Jesus says, if you want to change your words, really the question you've got to ask is, how can you change your heart? And that's a deeper question and that's a more personal question. But that's what life with Jesus is about, to actually deal with some stuff that's going on. And I love here, we've talked about the the dedication of the temple with Solomon. Solomon. So the the temple has been dedicated and then we hear the voice of God and he speaks to his people, he speaks to a nation and we're going to read that from 2 Chronicles 7.14. He says this, If my people, this is God speaking, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. And so what God is talking about when he talks about healing land, he's not talking about just merely geography, although that was important because if you can't eat and your, your nation is in drought, that's a pretty big problem for a nation. So he is talking about um, the health of, and the life of the nation, but he's going much deeper and saying, are, you, are your hearts healed? Are you completely healed and whole? And here's what I want to say, that humble prayers equal healthy hearts. So it's interesting that we want to change our words, or I do and I hope you do. We want our words to reflect the image of God. We want to reflect the fact that we are the temple of God. But Jesus says, well, you can't change those without going deep within to your heart. But then actually how are we going to do that? We need to do that through our prayer. So the words that we speak can have an impact on our heart. And we've got to keep asking ourselves these questions Are the words that I'm speaking, am I intentionally engaging in words that are building life in my everyday? Am I just going through the motions day by day? just allowing the week just to cycle on, or am I being intentional about positioning my heart so that there can be health and life flowing from within me? Now, I think this is really simple. I think it's beautiful. But who knows, life has a way of kind of like grinding and it just has a way of kind of rolling through and we can get caught up in the day-to-day and our priorities can get distracted and so really, really simply, uh, what, what I believe that I would love to lead us in a community to do is something very simple, but it's going to come up in slide, is just to pray daily, out loud, at home. Now, I would love to make it more uh, epic than that. But as I've been seeking God, as I've been praying, the number one thing that I believe will have so much impact on this church is if, as a community, we pray daily, out loud, in our own homes. Now, I know that as we go through the week, we're often talking to God and we're thinking thoughts. I know God speaks to me like that. But here's what I want to say I want us to recognize that actually the words that we speak and what we verbalize can have incredible power in shaping our hearts and shaping our homes. And I believe that for us to really make an impact in the city, renewal needs to start in our homes. It needs to start in our homes, it needs to inhabit. Because if it doesn't, we're always going somewhere else. If I want to encounter renewal, if I want to pray with someone or if I want to worship, I'm jumping in my car and I'm going somewhere else. And I believe that's good. I believe it's really important for us to gather together. But what I want to say is what are you building in your own home for those that are married, in your own uh, marriage relationship, for those with families, in your own family? There is power in speaking out and praying out loud. Super simple thought, but I want to invite each and every one of you personally to do it. So here's what's going to happen. You're going to hopefully decide to do it right now and then you're going to start in your week and you may forget about it. But when you forget about it, I want to just, when you do remember, just start again. Don't feel shame. Don't feel like, oh, I've missed it. Don't feel like you have to get a run up. But I just want to encourage you in a real simple way. I'm not talking about hours and hours, but just to take some time, just to pray out loud, just to speak the things of God, to speak. You could maybe read out a scripture out loud. And I just want to really emphasize the power of verbalizing our prayer in a regular, regular way. Here's some... uh, Here's something that we've put up on the website, uh, slash pray. It's a pattern and it's a model for prayer. And this is something that um, not only do I have I kind of created, I'm sure that it's not entirely unique because these are biblical principles, but this is something that I practice. And the first thing that I do is I start with praise and thanksgiving. So I honor God. I Get the correct picture of Jesus as he is, and I think about some things that I'm thankful for. Now, sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes I struggle, it may sound silly, but I struggle to be things for things to be thankful for. And so, what a fun thing that I do sometimes is I will challenge myself to write out and then speak 30 things that I'm thankful for just to get the engine going. Because sometimes life can get on top of us. The next thing I think is really important to a heart that is healthy is repentance. And creating some space that says, hey, God, I give you permission to actually go a little bit deeper in my heart. Now, one of the reasons we don't do this that often is because we don't really know what, we don't really want God to tell us what to do. (laughs) Well, that's just me Awkward life. Laugh. <laughs> <laughs> love that So funny um, Very funny guy uh, Embarrassingly uh, <laughs> Sorry. Thank you Thank you <laughs> It's awesome It's awesome See, first time he gets it I love that The lead person spoke frequently. The lead person spoke collaboratively to sleep Yes, thank you so much. Thank you so much. So here's what we want to do. We want to create a space where we see we allow God to be God in our life. Because otherwise, we go through life essentially prioritising our own personal preference above the truth of God but when God speaks to us, there's also grace. So repent and receive. Because when he asks you to do something, there is grace and there is life attached to that. But I want to encourage us to get in the habit of repenting. Now, this doesn't always mean that you're always doing a whole bunch of bad stuff. But it just means that you're giving God, permission to shape the way that you're thinking about yourself, that you're thinking about life, and allow him to speak to you and actually give him permission to challenge you. And then when you do that, you again, I'm encouraging you to verbalise this, to say, God, I'm sorry for the way that I thought about myself. I'm sorry for the way that I thought about this other person. I'm sorry for the words that I spoke. I'm sorry when I got frustrated with my kids and I snapped at them. Again, hypothetical. But these are things that God wants to do business with you on a daily basis, but then he wants to fill your life with grace. And it's time to just say after that, say, God, I receive your grace. I receive the power that you've given me to make a change in my life. So this is what we do. Then what I encourage you to do is to ask, what do you want God to do? He is not opposed to you asking. You you can ask away with confidence, with boldness. That's what God says. We learn after doing this, we learn to hear his voice and to hear his will, and then we position ourselves to ask. And then finally, here's what I love, Ask yourself the question, what does God want me to say yes to today? So how am I going to change? What am I going to do differently? And so I believe that if we do this daily and if we just take some time, again, it doesn't have to be hours and hours, and we just begin to speak out the truth of God, if we begin to speak this out, if we begin to pray out loud, we will start to generate an incredible amount of health and life within our homes, within ourselves, and we will see the overflow. So what Jesus says about the abundance of our heart, that goes both ways. When he was talking in that scripture, he was talking about the Pharisees and he was condemning them and saying, hey, your words are not good but they can't be good because you haven't dealt with your heart. But the same thing is true from a healthy heart, is that as a community, we want to be a community that is overflowing and bubbling with life. Now, one of my worst favourite sayings in church is, fake it till you make it. And I don't like that saying because we don't want to be a group of hypocrites. Obviously, we've got to have wisdom with who we share what with at what time, but really, if we want to change, we've got to go a little bit deeper. We've got to give God some permission to be God in our life and we've got to actually sometimes fix our mess. We've got to say, go to somebody that we're close to and say, hey, I'm sorry for the way that I spoke to you. Now, it's okay to say, look, there's some things going on uh, for me or I've had some stressful think that's okay to say that, but we've got to own it and say, we've got to allow God to change us and to heal us deep within. Who thinks that that would be a good idea? Super simple. Here's what I'm asking you to do, to pray out loud daily in your own home. Some of you, you're probably doing this. Others of you might be a little bit more challenged. And I want to encourage you to see what happens. When Jesus says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, he also says, if you have a good tree, if you plant a a seed with a good tree, you'll get good fruit. And that's what we're after, transformation from the inside out. Can we pray together? Can you just do something uh, real quick? Just take... Uh, about 20 seconds. Just put your hands out in front of you and just ask God to speak to you. Holy Spirit, we thank you that your presence is here. I pray right now that you would give each and every one of us a vision, a fresh vision of words that are filled with life. A vision of how to do this area of our life really well in our workplace, in our home, within our own minds, the the words that we speak to ourselves. And God, we thank you. Lord, for those uh, like me that have made some mistakes in this area, we thank you that there is grace and also courage. Make a change. God, as a community, we want to be known as people who our words come from an overflow of health within us. Not just trying to go through the motions, not just trying to do the Christian deal on Sunday, but we're actually genuinely healthy people who know how to communicate with each other in our families, who can deal with challenging situations with grace. And with life. And so God, we thank you for that. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about City Lights Church at www.citylights.community.